Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Money. Not done yet, are we? The Buongiorno, Daniel. DIY Money. The Buongiorno. DIY Money. I just spent a week in Italy. It was awesome. Well budgeted for via Travelocity. Did you just straight up uh, budget for it or did you use points or... Oh, no, I budgeted for it. Okay. Put it in the budget long ago. I know. You've uh, been talking about it for a while. Mm-hmm. And then the deals with Travelocity are ridiculous. I, I mean, it's just, I can't, it's absurd. Like I did a week. Packages or like Yeah, yeah, what? yeah. So we did a week uh, airline airfare out of Lexington, Kentucky, which is not easy to fly out of, uh, went and stayed in a magnificent hotel. And I say a week. I mean, we left on a, a Saturday afternoon, got back in on late Friday night. So we, you know, had maybe five days there. Uh, so less than a week. It was like uh, $2,400, which I know some people are like, twenty four. that's a lot. But, I mean, for a tickets to Europe. That's a pretty good. Oh, and in. by the way, every day they had um, breakfast for us. And, you know, when you stay in a hotel like that, catering to multinational travelers, a lot of Western travelers, uh, they they do a big spread. Right. So, I mean, eggs and croissants. And that was French. Well, that was my French accent. Accent. And uh, yep. coffee. And, oh, it was awesome. It's good. All right, whatever. Let's go. All right, we've got a great question today um, that we want to hit that is from Gurav. Gurav, I probably butchered his name. I apologize for that. But let's get right into it. What is your question? Hit us. D-I-Y. Hi, guys. My name is Gaurav, and I work at Tesla in Nevada. I love your podcast and have binged to listen to all of them in the past two months. I love my W-2 job but need to start a passive income as well. The other day, my landlord gave me an offer to be a partner in the mortgage of the house which I'm currently living in, which is in a very nice neighborhood. The house is around 450k and the mortgage is 2.5k plus $500 with utilities. I was really interested in investing in roof stock, but this opportunity seems good as well. Can you tell me what are some things I could check out or look out for in the house or the deal before I go into this agreement? Gurav, I hope you have waited until we answered your question. I really, really do. All right, Daniel. Questions. Questions. There's a well, few in there. Yeah, there's a couple in there. But what what it, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, this deal smells fishy to me. Well, before even getting uh, to the deal or offer or whatever, uh, which I think you were referring to, uh, one of the things he, he says is he needs to create passive income, with which I think is good. It, it's it's always good to create passive income beyond your job. But it's I'm struggling to make the bridge between creating passive income and becoming a partner with your landlord's mortgage, which I think you're renting. So that, that doesn't seem like it's creating, it might reduce. There's no bridge. Yeah. There might reduce no expenses, bridge, yeah. but that's not creating passive income. Now, if you went out and bought your own property to do rental, uh, you're creating at that point, another stream of income. I would not call that passive income either, uh, unless you're totally handing that off and you're legitimately just an investor in that uh, rental property is 
uh, active income uh, unless you design it very, very passively, in, in which case the margins tend to, to shrink. Um, so if you're looking to create passive income, I, I would say kudos. I'm going to start there. Uh, really do your research, do your homework, find avenues that are, are scalable and, and good and fit your temperament for passive income. That could be things like um, dividend investing. That could be uh, setting up an online business in such a way that it's able to be automated. Uh, that could be investing in, in real estate, but uh, hiring a management company and so forth to where you are legitimately just the money for that. Um, all of those would be great um, avenues for passive income and diversifying your income stream between your job and, and other things, which I would say is a great DIY money move. Um, now, if we're talking about uh, getting into uh, sort of a deal or profit share or mortgage share or investing with your landlord, I guess I would, you know, I can't give you personal advice here. I don't know the entire situation. Uh, you gave us some of the numbers and so forth. Uh, but I, what I would say there is you're not going to get a free lunch from your landlord, more than likely. And so if somebody is offering uh, to sort of split a good deal with you, you have to at least ask why would they want out at any respect now? Maybe they're just a good person and they think you're a good person and they want to partner up on this. And maybe there's plans for you guys to do more partnership in the future as far as rental real estate goes. But if if that's not the case, if it's just, hey, landlord is, you know, all of a sudden willing to kind of part ways with part of or the entire property, that to me smells more like maybe his confidence level in this property going up more or rents being able to go up more over time is starting to diminish. And so he with he or she with the experience uh, of knowing kind of the history of this property, the history of the rents in the area and so forth is going, you know what? This isn't a terrible time for me to cash out on part or all of this. Um, I think it's actually uh, a great market right now for landlords who have rental properties, generally speaking, in a lot of areas to start selling down on some of those, unless they just have uh, sort of a ridiculous kind of deal on that. Because uh, at least in our area, and I know many others throughout the country, the rents are not proportionate to housing prices here. What I mean by that is if you bought the house today at market rates in most places, the rent that you can get in the market rate right now is not the ratio that you would typically want uh, for sustainable long-term investment in rental properties. And so with that said, if that's the mindset that he's going into, uh, and again, we don't know, I don't know specifically the area, the neighborhood, et cetera, but if that's what he's looking at, if he feels the same way that I do about our local area, uh, it may not be the best time to get in. Gurab, I love the question. Daniel's spot on. I think it's great you want to create passive income. Go out and create passive income. That could be, or additional income. doesn't have to be passive, right? I mean, go out and start waiting tables at night and create, you know, some additional money. I don't know. Uh, go back to our podcast with uh, uh, Matt Carlett, who does uh, merch on Amazon. Learn more about that. Uh, but if you want to create income, I applaud that. Bravo to you. Get after it. I think it's wonderful. This deal stinks to me. I don't like it. Uh, it smells. It smells fishy. What is that smell? It's quite pungent. It stings the nostrils. Because like Daniel said, uh, this th this is an environment, a seller's environment in real estate. And you, the, the, one of the things that concerns me about the deal or the way you're approaching it is you're approaching it from mortgage versus, um, you know, payments, et cetera. 
And I want to shift a little bit, and I want to share with you, and this maybe a variety of our audience already knows this, I am not a rental real estate guru by any stretch. Uh, in the past, I have had rental properties. It is not for me. I am not one who fixes toilets and yada, yada, and whatever. I, now, if I we go through a massive recession and portfolios become available, I would be very interested as long as I could have a management company. And that's another discussion altogether. But there's a general rule of thumb when you approach a rental real estate deal to keep in mind, and it is called the 1% rule, the 1% rule. And it goes like this. You want to buy a property at the value where, let's see, how can I say this? If you do a reverse calculation of the rent to come up with the property purchase price so that you will make money. For example, if rental rate can be garnered for $1,000 a month, that is 1% of $100,000. So if you were looking at a property and you were saying, okay, I can, I can get $1,000 a month for this property, a good deal, and oh, by the way, and any person in real estate will tell you this, you always make money in real estate on the buy, meaning you're buying it right. You're buying it correct. So if you are looking at a property that is going to garner or can command $1,000 in rent, you would look at capping your purchase price at hundred grand. Now, you're not going to find those properties, all right? I mean, good luck finding those properties, I should say. And oh, by the way, the smartest real estate investors I know they look for 2%. I know this sounds crazy, but there are economic environments where you can you can buy properties that are, you know, $1200 in rent and they're giving them away. That could be foreclosures, that could be just total economic catastrophic situations like we saw in 08 and 09. So in this calculation, the number that you're using when you say purchase price is that just the purchase price or when 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 you say that, are you saying purchase price plus the what it needs to get to market, the fixer upper? Does that make sense? Oh yeah, no, that's that's assuming all in. All in. So, so that's the total assuming cash upfront commitment. That's exactly right. Whether times and, that percent. and oh by the way, you want to have the ability to to lever up as much as possible. So if you're going in that environment, you want to have the ability to to be a purchaser uh to go in and say, "Okay, I'm going to, you know, borrow 20% or I can put down 20%, borrow 80, etc." But no, if you are if you have to then put another 50,000 in and you have 150,000 committed and you're getting 1,000, no way. Now, why is that? Now, that's a general and again, this is not I'm I I know enough to be dangerous, but I do know a lot of people and have studied this business considerably. And that is because you have additional expenses. Not only do you have taxes and insurance, but you have maintenance, property upkeep, etc., and you have to service your note. So in order to be cash flow positive, you want to start at that 1% rule. So it's a general rule of thumb. And again, in this environment, it's going to be very difficult. Now, I approached your question like that because I want you to think of this. You're a very wise individual, obviously, if you're working at Tesla in Nevada. You're very smart. So you can approach this as a business. So if this is a business where you are taking over or going in partnership and this, uh, I don't know what the rent is, but I mean, I have no idea what the rent is on this place. So let's say the rent is $3,500. I think you said 
two and a half thousand, right? Well, he said the mortgage was two twenty five. Mortgage was two and a half. So I don't know what the rent would be. Gotcha. So okay. you know, I mean, we don't want the we don't want the rent to just equal the yeah. mortgage because mm-hmm. then we don't have tax. You know, maybe they're escrowing taxes and insurance, but we certainly don't have anything for property maintenance, etc. Hmm. So you know, if if I was looking at a property that had a mortgage of twenty five hundred. You'd want to have a, you know, again, you, you, let's say it can rent for three thousand. Well, then you're buying it for three hundred thousand. There's too many variables here you don't know, and again, it concerns me a great deal. What happens? It makes me, and I'm, I'm as, I'm just naturally, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very handsome. Skeptical. Yeah, I'm naturally skeptical. Uh, and, and so uh, this kind of smells like, well, somebody doesn't want to maybe keep the upkeep, doesn't want to pay the taxes. No, it's not, not at all what I would, I would not be interested in that. And oh, by the way, back to what Daniel said, it's not going to fulfill your goal of creating passive income. So segment your, your question into a couple things. We're not quite sure. We played it multiple times. Hoorah. And we're not sure. I'm going to just say that you meant, you know, buying stock. We weren't sure if you mentioned a specific company or grow stocks or whatever, but you know, dividend paying stocks for passive investment. Great. Bravo to you. Um, I think that's a great opportunity. Other passive income ventures. Great. I think you need a heck of a lot more information and you need to approach this as if you were buying rental real estate, which again, as a general rule of thumb, just use the rule of 1%. And my guess is you're going to acquire, quote unquote, acquire this property and not even be close to that rule of 1%. So if nothing else, that'll save you in the long run. Anything else to add, Daniel? Yeah, at the risk of being crude, uh, you know, there's a saying in poker and uh, it's quoted in the film Rounders. Listen, here's the thing. If you can't spot the sucker in your first half hour at the table, then you are the sucker. What that's saying is when, when you are in a transaction, when you are buying or selling it or something, if you are not confident that you are getting a good deal and that you have run the numbers and that, that there's some way, shape, or form in this transaction that, that you are getting a deal and that, that there is upside, then the other person is probably getting a really good deal. Uh, and so just be cognizant of that. Think of that. This is an interesting time, I think, uh, in housing market, in property, uh, because there's a lot of disconnect between various places around the country, uh, probably more so than historically. And it real estate is always local, but it is very much now local. There's, there's places that are extremely in high demand, but I have not seen a lot of places where um, it's just a great environment for landlords to be buying. We, in fact, are renting a house right now on the sidelines, just waiting for the time when we want to be long-term homeowners again. And that's not even to buy something to to rent it out. That's just for our personal buying. And we're not, li- you know, we don't live in San Francisco or Seattle or somewhere where the properties are sky high. We're Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, but the no- we ran the numbers, and for us, it wasn't a deal. It wasn't a value to um, when we sold our house to automatically rush in and buy something. So that's where we're at. Doesn't mean that that's where you have to be at. Just do your homework. Make sure that you are getting some level of deal, some level of value when you go into a transaction. Gurav, we love the question. Derek will send you $25 to Amazon. Hey, if you are new to this show, what we just did was we took a question from a voice memo. All you need to do, hit it up on your iPhone, Android. You're going to need an app. Record your voice memo and then email that to us, podcast at DIYmoney.org podcast at diymoney.org the queue by the way is now overflowing so bravo to you and you know what i want to give a special shout out and a thanks to our growing 
an exceptional audience who has put us as the number two, love to be number one, we'll get there, number two budgeting podcast in iTunes and uh, in uh, Spotify. Uh, so bravo. Keep those you know recommendations coming. Keep those reviews coming. iTunes makes it very difficult. You have to search for our show. You have to scroll to the bottom to write a review, but please do that. That really helps us get the word out there, and we're very excited about how quickly this tribe has been growing. So bravo to you, our audience, our DIY moneyers at home. I just DIY moneyers. Can we use that? Trademark. Yeah. No. Not really. DIY money is trademarked, by the way. DIY money is money yours. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Anyways, listen, friends. Secret to success is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card.